Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. This is your host, Stu Jenkins, here on KNews 98.5. We're speaking with Chief Reyes uh, of the Probation Department and Assistant Chief Tom Milder. Uh, But before we get to that, uh, I want to let our listeners know if you'd like a podcast of this program so that you can uh, really dig into the information, or if you'd like a podcast of any of the prior programs, you can go to www.knews, that's K-N-E-W-S, 985.com, and just click on the show's tab, and this show is going to be on as of 1 p.m. on Saturday. And all the prior shows, you can you can dig into those. But let's, let's get back to talking about um, the juvenile justice system and what parents can do. Um, Tom, you, you said during the break there were some other contact people that a family member could uh, get to if they saw a child that was in high risk. Absolutely. Uh, each region of the county has a family resource center. Uh, staffed by a variety of uh, sometimes county staff, but oftentimes community-based organizations. Uh, they differ a little in each region of the county, but if you, if a, someone would go to the Behavioral Health Youth Services website, it will identify on there each family resource center in each area of the county with points of contact and phone numbers. And those would be the folks to get a youth connected directly to the services, including that system of care, the intensive services, and or just clinic-based services, for example, through the county, you know, behavioral health or drug and alcohol services. So that is a great resource for families who are experiencing these challenges. So, so they would ju- a listener would just Google San Luis Obispo County behavioral health, and that would pop right up. Correct. And go to the Youth Services tab in Behavioral Health, and that will contain all of this information. Another easy access point is through your schools. So each year, all the school counselors are trained on this system of care through a collaborative uh, response by the county departments. So school counselors, uh, administrative staff should also be well aware of the family resource centers, how to access them, and they're able to make referrals directly themselves as well. Okay. Well, thank you, Tom. Well, let's talk a little bit about the adults. Okay. Um, You know, I I did a fair amount of criminal defense work in my youth. Uh, I was a private criminal defense attorney as well as public defender to the great municipal court in the city of Grover City. That's how far Mm -hmm. back I go. Um, And... and, uh, so I worked with probation uh, with many of my clients. The, the, uh, with the realignment of prisons and jails uh, now, Robert, there's a lot more um, folks who would have been spending five to eight years in uh, state penitentiary that are now housed at our county jail. Is, is something along those lines, is that right? Yeah, there, there's now a segment of that population. So it's all really based on what they are convicted, what felony they are convicted of. Mm-hmm. And so the state has now, to a sense, bifurcated uh, those felony crimes where there is still a prison sentence, but it will be served in the county jail. And then there's those that uh, you will still serve your time in state prison. The best way I could say, I could explain it is that um, it's, it's crimes that are, by law, not considered to be uh, violent, not considered to be serious. 
They are non-registered sex offense type convictions. Those generally uh, often will be served in the county jail. Mm-hmm. Um, if you um, convict, convict a you know a serious violent crime, robbery, uh, sex offense that may be requires you to be registered. Uh, when you get out, then you're likely going to go to state prison to serve those domestic domestic violence. So they have narrowed the number of uh, felony offenses that can be served in, in state prison. Again, this the idea behind this was to try to obviously uh, lower the the overall state um, prison population because, as you remember, back in 2010, 2011, Supreme Court of the United States said that we were violating the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution because of the lack of of a variety of different things in state prisons, and we had to lower the number. We, we didn't have enough prisons, and we didn't have enough staff, right. uh, Was the, and the medical care was Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanting to be generous. Um, the, uh, I guess the question I have, and I'm sure our listeners would have, is if you have somebody who is technically still convicted of a nonviolent felony, and they would be in prison, but they're serving it out in the county jail. When they complete their term in the county jail, do they go to the parole board, uh, and are they on parole, or are they on probation supervised by your office? Sure, yeah. So so public safety realignment, uh, one of the other things it did, it, it sort of created more sort of legal uh, legal statuses of how we supervise people or how they're designated. Okay. So there's now really three, uh, three options when you're convicted of a felony. Obviously, the first one is that... In, and, and for our listeners, yeah. try not to be convicted of a felony. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so some felonies in, and some misdemeanor, even some misdemeanor offenses in yeah. this county, um, in lieu of being incarcerated in state prison or the county jail, yeah. uh, the court will order you onto probation. Right. And, and we will supervise. And that's sort of the traditional... Uh, person that we've long supervised. After realignment in 2011, they created a uh, really a three type, three level structure when it comes to those that were given a prison commitment. So one is the person that's uh, given a prison commitment. It's going to be served at the local jail. Upon completion of that commitment, they, they there's no. No supervision attached to it. They have done their prison commitment, and they they walk away a, a free person. So they're 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 given their clothes and their Absolutely. belongings, and they're shoved out the door, and they're walking down Highway One, they, and no resources, no no, no, no supervision. We we but, know the jail, the, the county jail here does a great job of even for those where we know that they're not going to report to us, they're okay. not going to report to parole. Um, we are going to still work with them to connect them to whatever services that they need. So we have resources. So you offer them services, we but offer they're them not services, required to take But they're take. not required to take them. I see. Yeah. The second category are those that are given what in the penal code or the, the law says is a split sentence, meaning a portion of that prison commitment is going to be served in the county jail. Uh-huh. And the remaining part of that commitment time is going to be served on what they call mandatory supervision. And mandatory supervision is the responsibility of the, the county probation department to provide services, including community supervision, to that group. So it's really the judge determines whether they'll have just a jail sentence right. or probation afterwards. Exactly. 
Wow. Yeah. And then the final category are those that go to state prison. And mm-hmm. so, uh, at the, so again, this, and then it gets bifurcated again. If they're serving a, um, a serious violent felony or they are deemed after being assessed of being a high risk sex offender. Yeah. Those inmates or former inmates will go to state parole. Okay. So state parole is a state part of California department of corrections and rehabilitation. Yes, sir. Um, that is part of the state. Those that are, don't fit that category come to probation under what they call post, uh, post-community release supervision. Okay, those are the non, non-nons, or the non-sex sex fans, non-serious, non-violent. Well, Robert, who makes the decision about whether they who fit goes, into the parole category or into the probation category? Yeah, so state parole authorities do that initial uh, case review, and they're the ones that make the determination. And if you uh, disagree with them, do you... If, what 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 happened? Yeah, that's that's happened, and what yeah. we'll do um, is to work locally with our state parole office to sort of discuss it. And often, sometimes there are mistakes, and sure. you know they'll determine that no, this really should come to state parole. And sometimes it's the other way around. They don't know that's really qualifies to be under uh, mm-hmm. under our supervision as post community release. Um, well, if if uh, if someone is aware of a person who is on probation and they're aware that they're misbehaving uh, is there some place they can call if they're aware that if somebody's on probation they believe that that person is engaging in um, any type of illegal behavior or even concerning behavior obviously they could call their local law enforcement agency um, or they could call us and while we are limited on what information we can pass on, often we, we do get um, tips, for lack of a better term, and, and we do do follow up on those tips from concerned citizens. Uh, perhaps they may know that their neighbor or somebody down the street's on probation and, you know, they, they're having loud parties in the middle of the night every night. Um, we're happy to look into those and, and make a determination whether or not they're in violation or breaking the law. Well, folks, you need to stay tuned because you're going to want to know about the rest of the story on San Luis Obispo County probation and what they can do for you. This is Stu Jenkins at K News 98.5. Stay tuned after this important break. <laughs> 